0: This is Digital Marketing Happy Hour, the last call. Grab a beverage and listen while we peruse the news and catch you up on the digital marketing news you may have missed this past week.
1: Digital Marketing Happy Hour Last Call is brought to you by Araxum News. Visit news.araxum.com. That's news.araxum.com to stay up to date on the latest digital marketing and MarTech news. It's updated daily. Subscribe today and never miss out. Now, on with the news. A study says 65%
0: of Google searches do not click on results, but should they? Throughout 2020, Google has made it easier for users to find what they need right in the SERPs, search engine results page, which has led to a decrease in standard off-Google click-through results on the platform. According to Rand Fishkin of SparkToro, these zero-click searches grew from around half of all searches back in 2019 to a whopping two-thirds by the end of 2020. Many marketers are refuting these claims, stating that this is flawed data as it's taking into account simple queries that can naturally be found right in the SERPs. But even so, marketers should be aware that less traffic is being directed to websites if the information searched for can be found directly in the SERPs. For the report, Rand Fishkin reported that in August of 2019, he published research from a now defunct clickstream data provider, Jumpshot, showing that 50% of all Google searches ended without a click to any web property in the results. New data from similar web reports that from January to December of 2020, that jumped up to 65% of searches on Google that included desktop and mobile combined, ended in the search results without clicking to another web property. That number is likely undercounting some mobile and nearly all voice searches. And thus it's probable that more than two thirds of all Google searches are what Fishkin has been calling zero-click searches. Some folks have pointed out that zero click is slightly misleading terminology as a search ending with a click within the Google SERP itself. For example, clicking a phone number to dial a local business in the maps box falls into this grouping. This data isn't apples to apples with what was published in 2019. For one, the data in 2020 is worldwide. Back in 2019, it was for the United States only. Some headlines that jump out from this data SimilarWeb analyzed 5.1 trillion Google searches in 2020. Of those, 33% resulted in clicks on organic search. About 1.5% resulted in clicks on paid search results. The remaining 65% completed a search without a direct follow-up click to another web property. Zero-click searches are much higher on mobile devices at approximately 77%. So there's a couple of things, Chris, that, that jump out at this. Well, I wouldn't take the data so much as it's exactly 65% that are not clicking, or it's only 1.5% that click a paid ad, I would look at more of the trends. And I think it's safe to say that more people are doing Google searches and not clicking on web properties. I think that part we can look at and say that's pretty accurate. I don't know if it's exactly two-thirds... But the big thing is, is it's not so much the granular numbers as to look at the overall trends. And Google obviously wants to keep you on the search and results page because if it keeps you there, there's a better chance you're going to click on an ad. You click on an ad, Google gets paid. So, again, something to look at, and it's really important, is to look at your year-over-year data and take a look at how much web traffic are you getting seeing if you did anything different and if all things are relatively the same. And they probably were different because 2020 was quite a different year for everybody. But I think you have to take it all with a grain of salt to a certain extent. But just know that there's a chance that less people are actually clicking links after they do a Google search.
1: Yeah, this is fascinating. And it's interesting to see some people disputing it. Although, quite honestly, if the data and the analysis is coming from Rand Fishkin, He is an authority in this space and I trust the work that he does. So to me, there's a lot of credibility here. I think what we're seeing though is, you know, you have to remember Google doesn't own the content that it makes available in its search engine, much the same way that Facebook doesn't own the content that people share on its social platform. With the news in Australia over the last few weeks, that's kind of forcing Google and Facebook to now pay for that content if... It's happening where content is sort of being pulled into the search engine results pages. Are the big tech companies going to wind up in the same boat in the United States, in the European Union, in the South American countries, you know, at some, at what point is the content that they're displaying on their site disadvantaging the individuals who are actually producing that content. So this is something that absolutely marketers need to be paying attention to because it's going to have an impact on the types of marketing you're doing, more specifically the organic and search marketing that you're doing. The other aspect of it is if the change is coming, certainly we can voice concerns, we can, you know, apply some pressure to get some changes made there, but you have to react to it, right? And this is one of the things I say all the time, and you don't have to like the rules of the game, but you still have to play by them, which means if this is the change that Google is making, you need to start adapting the way that you're making content available to encourage that click or to maybe eliminate the need for that click to get your conversions in other ways. So. I think this is another news story to follow, Ryan, because there'll be a lot of change here in the coming
0: And one follow-up to that too. And I think it's important. If if people are finding the information they need in the search engine results page and and you just do a Google search, you you can see it now. they are bullet points. That's happening because of the SEO and there's structured data that is on the website. It's schema markup. If you don't know what this is, you need to learn it. If you're in digital marketing and you need to talk to your web team to make sure that the content you're putting on there has structured data to it, that Google can read it because there is a chance that your data then can be put up in that bullet point format where people are reading it. So it's important. They might not click it, but they still can associate your brand with the answers that they're looking for in the solution. So make sure you have that. That's how these people are doing it. So check with your SEO team.
1: Google to invest 7 billion in bet on post-pandemic office. The Wall Street Journal reports that Google says it's doubling down on the office. The Alphabet Inc. unit said it would spend $7 billion, that's billion with a B, this year on expanding its footprint of offices and data centers across the U.S., including pouring $1 billion into its home state of California. The search engine giant said it would hire at least 10,000 new full-time staff over the course of the year in anticipation of a post-pandemic recovery in the U.S., The spending commitment follows a slowdown in investment by Google about a year ago as the magnitude of the COVID-19 crisis was starting to take shape. Last April, Alphabet and Google chief executive Sundar Pichai told staff in a memo that Google would slow hiring amid the pandemic. Like other big tech companies, Google has flourished over the past year, benefiting from an accelerated shift in online ad spending. Despite that growth, its US investment plan for 2021 is lower than pre-pandemic levels. It invested an annual average of $11 billion in 2018 and 2019. The company said this year's investment plan is aimed at existing sites, but that it is also creating three new office sites in Minnesota, Texas, and North Carolina, expanding Google's presence to 19 states. The company said it would add thousands of roles at existing sites in Atlanta, Washington, D.C., Chicago, and New York, extending a years-long push to broaden its footprint beyond Silicon Valley. Alphabet reported more than 135,000 employees worldwide as of last year. And Ryan, this is sort of interesting to me because for the last year, we've been hearing about the benefits of working for home. And you've been hearing some companies say, my employees can work from home indefinitely. We're going to continue this even after the pandemic ends. And this investment shows that Google sees that there is a benefit to having an office workspace. And it's interesting because I am a big advocate in telecommute and letting your employees and your teams work from, you know, the areas that benefit them the best. And As much as I am a technology person, I will be the first one to tell you technology cannot replace the benefits of being in a close office environment together. The conversations that you have in the hallways, the conversations that you overhear and join in on, the camaraderie that is built up among teams that are co-located, I just don't think there's a way to replace it. And Google clearly sees that because they're making an investment faster than they had even indicated. So It'll be interesting to see if others follow suit and what the future of this looks like. I I actually think if I had to make a prediction on this, and I don't have a crystal ball, but I don't think we're going to be 100% back in the office, but I don't think it's going to be 100% telecommute either. I think we're going to wind up in some sort of a hybrid model where employees will be asked to come in on some sort of recurring basis, maybe twice a week.
0: I agree with you. And When you look at these big tech companies, right, they set the lead and a lot of companies kind of sort of follow that. So when you see Google saying seven billion dollars this year as you you reference that's billion with a B that's saying something that tells you when the leaders in the tech space are saying we need to get back together we need to be in the office. I think that's saying something that has a lot to do with collaboration. I'm sure it goes deeper than that but just at a high level people work well when they're in the same room together. One of the things, and, and I, I've been blessed, I was able to go to the New York City office at Google. I've been there several times actually. And one of the first times I got to do was kind of the tour around and see the different levels. And I think there's like three buildings all right next to each other. And when you go through, one of the things it's interesting is I believe there's no food, no further away. There's food within like a hundred feet or something like that until the next one. I mean, if there's so much food in little kitchens and micro kitchens all over the place, you can also have a doctor's appointment that they doctors come and you can schedule that. They have a masseuse, you have your dry cleaning unofficially. I swear when I look at it, I'm like, Google has this place designed so you can never leave. If you don't ever want to leave the building, you actually have no reason to. It's all free food. You can eat all the times you want. They have doctors that come, you can schedule an appointment. And I'm sure there's more to this than, than I even know. But when you think about that, with that context, and then seeing the $7 billion, Google sees that keeping its workers together for collaboration they get a lot more production probably than they do when people are working from home. So I don't mind working from home. I think it's good. I like kind of that hybrid approach. Sometimes it's good to get out of the office and you can get more work done. But with that, it's really interesting. And even with the conferences, conferences are so much better when you attend them in person than if you do it on your computer screen. You just get so much more out of it. So I think that person-to-person connection, it's all coming back again and at some point. It probably won't be fully back until 2022 to the way it kind of used to be. But these are some changes and these are things that you have to work on. And And I know that they were expanding a new building. It was supposed to even be bigger in in the Hudson Yards uh, part of Manhattan. They're building a whole new campus in New York City. And I think that investment alone was $1 billion that started back in like 2018 or something like that. So Google sees the value of it. And it'll be interesting to see how companies, even the small to medium-sized businesses, if this is something that they maintain or they keep everybody virtual, or as you said, kind of the hybrid approach. So we'll wait and see. Uh pandemic unleashes new big box era. Bloomberg reports that a year of COVID-19 has dramatically accelerated the transformation of big box stores into e-commerce warehouses, causing ripple effects for hourly workers and a struggling real estate sector. Shopping center mainstays, Walmart, Best Buy, and others are becoming fulfillment centers where workers assemble local deliveries and socially distanced consumers wait in parking spaces for their trunks to be filled space once devoted to t-shirts and TVs will now be used to pick and pack online orders or generate revenue by displaying ads for big brands like Samsung. At Best Buy, the electronics retailer reduced the square footage devoted to displays by nearly half in a handful of locations. That frees up space to fulfill digital orders, which accounted for 43% of sales during the holiday quarter, up from 25% a year ago. Of course, Smaller sales floors means fewer salespeople are needed. Best Buy recently jettisoned 5,000 employees as it adapts to a more digital environment. It also trains its remaining employees to learn new skills like handling video chats with customers. International retailers are adapting as well. The European owners of the Zara and H&M apparel chains both plan to reduce their store counts in 2021 and put more focus online. There's no going back because consumers have embraced the web like never before during the pandemic. Stores will be smaller and integrated with digital operations or risk becoming irrelevant. Stores in the U.S. and abroad will also increasingly serve as proving grounds for alternate, more profitable sources of revenue, such as advertising, healthcare, and financial services. Walmart, Target, and Kroger have seen the massive advertising union Amazon.com Inc. created and want to do the same by delivering ads for big brands, both online and through interactive displays in their stores. Walmart said last month that its nascent advertising platform, Walmart Connect, will be bigger than those of media giants like Fox Corp and Twitter Inc. within five years. We talk a lot about digital transformation, and it's not over. We talked about it in the last story with Google, and now you're seeing it in the big box stores and the retail outlets. This is going to be a change. And I, it, and some of this changes is absolutely going to be permanent. And of course, anytime these corporations can make money, especially after a year where they didn't generate nearly as much revenue as they had in the past, it's really interesting to see, especially when you're talking about Walmart coming out with their own advertising platform. And to say that's going to be bigger than a Fox, I think is huge. And remember, Walmart acquired TikTok. So you're going to see that. Integrated as well. So these are the big companies to watch. As we talked about Google to watch from the retail side, look at Walmart, look at Target, look at Best Buy, see what they're doing because these are trends to monitor. And maybe this is something that is going to change all retail for the future. Maybe it goes back somewhat in 2022, 2023, but it's an interesting change and something to watch as the industry continues to evolve in hopefully a post-pandemic era that we're up against.
1: Yeah, I think this is just the next evolution and what we're seeing. And I know you mentioned it as part of that digital transformation, but I also think it's the pace of change in the world that we live in today. It's easy to see why brands such as Best Buy, Walmart, Target that you've mentioned here have to make these decisions, right? If they don't adapt, they're not going to survive as other businesses are making the change. But at the same time, from an individual standpoint, it can be a little scary. Individuals are losing their jobs as part of this. They have to retrain. And the adage now is that the job that you're doing today will not exist in the way it does today two years from now. So you're constantly having to retool, retrain, learn new things, and sort of adapt to the way things are working. And I think this is going to be true of these types of jobs as well. But at the same time, I think there's going to be a ton of opportunity in the digital space here. And all it takes is a little bit of creativity and imagination for you to kind of see where things are going and you know the nice thing about it is that while this can be scary on the one front it's also lowered the bar for entry on the other so now individuals can get started you know right from their home with their on their phone if they want to in, you know launching their own business or doing something that they love and and trying to create a living that way so um you know, a little bit of a risk reward here. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, certainly the the big stores are going this route, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the small to medium-sized businesses too, as this evolution continues.
0: That was a quick recap of some of the top news you may have missed. We'll leave you with this quote from Simon Sinek, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it.
1: If you enjoy listening to Digital Marketing Happy Hour, please hit that subscribe button so you can effortlessly get that next episode downloaded on your phone. And if you really like us, please give us a rating and a review. We truly appreciate it. This was Last Call. Thank you for listening. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.